and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library-related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Rhonda, a youth services librarian. Hey, guys, I'm Hanine, also a youth services librarian. And I'm Bridget in adult services. And today we will be talking about how the library can help with your back to school needs, whether you're a student, a parent, or an educator. Well, school is back in session and it probably feels a little different to everyone, I'm sure. Um, some schools have opened for face-to-face -face classroom instruction. And then you have some schools that are doing a blended or hybrid style of instruction where students might be in school part of the week and at home the other part of the week. And then of course you have some schools who are given the option for full remote learning online, which are what my kids are, will be doing this year. I also know some parents who are starting homeschooling for the first time. Oh yeah, guys, that's me. I'm a first time mom. I'm also tackling a preschool curriculum with my little girl. Wish me luck, guys. I hope I survive. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Hanine, um, no matter what shape the school is taking, you know, however, the library definitely has resources that can help. Right, Rhonda. So for people who may not have heard, as of August third, the majority of our branches have reopened for most of our normal services. So you can check our website, www.librayvisit.org, to see what our new hours are for whatever locations may have reopened. Teachers, parents, students, all are welcome to come in and browse our collections or ask a librarian for help in person uh, for books or something else they might need. You can also use the computers. However, we do have limited time slots on those. Yeah, I wanna mention that there is a time limit of 50 minutes when using the computer. So we wanna make sure you keep that in mind. Exactly, Rhonda. Um, the library staff are periodically wiping down our computers, especially after we see someone's used it. But if, whether or not you're using the computers in our branches or the computer at home, it's important to note that we have a number of excellent resources that the library offers online. And all you need to access them is an internet connection and a library card. So once again, our website, www.librayvisit.org, if you click on the research tab on the blue bar, you can find all of these under the online resources section. Yeah, and Bridget, I also want to mention that on our website, there's a blue tab and it says for kids and it takes you to the kids zone and there, you know, parents, they can find a ton of resources, you know, that include homework help, uh, grown up resources, you know, including those for uh, parents who will be homeschooling. And then there's also reading and learning resources that are broken down by grades and subjects. You know, guys, the cool thing about all those online resources is you only need a digital card to use them. So if you've never stopped into the library before to get one of our full service cards, you can always head to our website and you'll get a temporary barcode number and that'll give you access to all of these digital resources. I just want to start with uh, highlighting a few resources and just give a little information about each one. And the first one that I want to mention is called InfoHio. And for those who aren't familiar with InfoHio, it's Ohio's pre-K-12 digital learning collection of online resources. And those resources are good for teachers, for parents, and for students, including, you know, students who are going to be homeschooled this year uh, for ages three through 12th grade. 
and within InfoHio, you can find trustworthy resources that are chosen by educational professionals to support Ohio's learning standards. So that's a good thing. You know, and I love InfoHio, even for adults. I think it's important to note that InfoHio has a section called Research for Success at r4s.infohio.org. And again, you can get that link through our website. This particular source provides six self-paced learning modules for teachers and educators, as well as for students on how to conduct research well. And that is a really important thing in this uh, time. Mm -hmm. It includes information that's relevant to high school juniors and seniors who are working towards college credit, as well as college students and faculty. So even above and beyond that 12th grade. I think some teachers and professors could benefit from sharing it with their students. And if you are doing part of virtual learning classes, that might help fit into whatever course curricula you have. And it is easy to find through our website. Well, you know, I want to start with uh, one of the resources within InfoHio, and it's called WorldBook. And WorldBook is a suite of online resource tools, and it's good, uh, a good resource for teachers and kids age three to high school. And it includes encyclopedia articles, um, student activities, pictures and videos, and a whole lot more. Now within World Book, there are a suite of resources, one called World Book Early Learning, World Book Kids, World Book Student, and World Book Timelines. And all of those are broken down by age and grade levels. And the good thing is the online encyclopedias are also available in Spanish and French. You know, Rhonda, I've actually played around with that World Book Timelines, and it's actually pretty interactive. It allows users to create their own timelines of history. So my niece is so obsessed with Hamilton right now since it was just released. And she loves to randomly tell us facts about Alexander Hamilton and find out things that are true or not true from the play. So I bet she would create a whole timeline on his life and just present it to us, whether we wanted to hear it or not. <laughs> Speaking of Hamilton, am I the only person on the planet who hasn't seen it yet? I feel uh, that way sometimes. No, I haven't seen it yet either. Okay. I'm offended. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now it's like too late. I cannot quite catch the wave. But here's the thing about Hamilton, and this is something that I think is important. If you were going to use Google to try to do a research project on Alexander Hamilton right now, you're going to get so many results having to do with the show and the merchandise and the soundtrack and very little helpful research about the man himself. So if you were trying to write a report or something like that and not buy tickets or merchandise, Google is not gonna help you. Professor Google is not, not designed for this. So an alternative that I like especially for high school and college students or educators even, would be EBSCOhost. It's an online research platform that operates very similarly to a search engine, except it only comes up with solid sources so that you don't have to sift through the advertisements or storefronts or other websites or blog reviews or things like that that aren't going to help you write a paper about Alexander Hamilton. So you can search the entire platform of EBSCOhost at once, or you can break it up by topic, like biography or business or legal forms or literary searches. Yeah, that's definitely a good resource, Bridget. Um, another one that's valuable is called Explora. And this resource is good for students and teachers. Uh, there's Explora Primary, 
which is for grades K to five, and then there's uh, Explora Secondary, and that's for grades six through 12. And within Explora, there are full text articles, there's videos and images from newspapers, magazines, and journals. And some of the categories within this resource include current issues, geography, health, and a whole lot more. Oh, and Explorer is another one that includes those reading levels. And like you said, Rhonda, that's so helpful when searching for parents and educators. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried, uh, either of you, opposing viewpoints in context? No, I haven't. Back when I was teaching college writing classes, I always had my students use this resource uh, when writing their argument papers. When it comes to controversial or confusing topics, opposing viewpoints really lays out information in a way that's easy to follow and it doesn't induce agita, like some biased or one-sided sites can be. It's easy to search the site by topic as well, so if you don't know what you want to write about, if you're not sure what topic interests you most, you can browse. Points of View Reference Center is another source we have that's very similar to this. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking um, some of the assignments that my kids have had in the past required them uh, to do argumentative essays. And so I think that resource would definitely be good for that purpose. Uh, one other resource I want to mention is called I Wonder. Uh, it's useful for teachers and students in grades K to 12. And within this site, um, there's homework help available for students and school research. So if you have a question about something, such as how to do a math problem, you can use this particular resource uh, to find answers to that question and a whole lot more. Nice, I swear, I wish I had these resources when I was in school, could have used them. <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. <laughs> uh, but you know what we do have access to that I like a lot is called Universal Class. Universal Class provides online classes, like actual online classes, where you have to complete assignments and submit work to be graded, and it's all for free. You can get continuing education credits for completing these classes as well, so they may be helpful for anyone who needs to complete some sort of professional development. These classes cover a wide variety of subjects. I checked the course catalog not long ago, and they had courses on everything from using Adobe software to writing a novel. And they have at least 65 courses on teacher education and curriculum. So if you are a teacher and you need to do something uh, for continuing education, Universal Class may help. I also like Universal Class a lot because it gives an estimate upfront about how much time it thinks it will take users to complete each course so you can plan appropriately. And I have personally done several courses on Universal Class that I liked. I did a lot of Adobe software classes, for example, to help me become acquainted with that. All right. I think I might have to check that one out for myself because I consider myself a life learner. <laughs> I also yeah, took one how to breathe because I needed to... <laughs> Ooh, I needed to meditate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to do the same. I hope you like it. Gail in Context Elementary, that's another uh, resource. And this database is really good for teachers and students in grades K to five. And it covers geography, current events, arts and sciences, people, government, just a whole lot more. Also, there are citations to sources that are available. So that's always a plus. Love a source with citations. Kind of reminds me of, uh, have you seen the book series, Very Short Introductions? We do have some hard copies in our library. They're very small books, and they give an introduction to a lot of 
different kinds of topics, but we also have access to these very short introductions online. So I think we have about 600 different versions available online. So if you cannot find the version of the book in the branch when you need it, you can always check our website and see uh, what online resources there are there. Nice, that's a ton of them. It's really not, yeah, it's over 600, that's good. Um, novelists K through eight plus and novelists plus. Now I know, you know, there are times where students might have assignments which they have to find novels uh, for whatever reason, maybe a book report. Well, this resource has over 85,000 fiction and nonfiction titles. And it's a wonderful resource for kids of all ages. Now, the only difference between the two is that Novelist Plus includes adult titles and audiobooks. And the audiobooks are for adults and kids, but that's the only difference between the two. And you can search by um, topic, age range, reading level, and a whole lot more just to find the right books that meet your needs. And what I like, um, when you go in and select a book, there's information that's provided, uh, and it includes a book description, the genre, the themes, the writing style, the reading and grade levels, and a whole lot more. So I just like all that added information. Another feature that I think is uh, helpful is there's an on-the-shelf feature and it shows the titles that are actually available in our library. So that's definitely helpful. So ultimately, using this resource, I think you'll get the best help for finding the right books um, that suit your needs. Oh yeah, I've actually used Novelist. A parent mm -hmm. came in and said, my child has to write a book report, but he only wants to read about baseball. Do you have any novels about baseball for mm -hmm. kids? And it's easy to use and find things that way. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've used Novelist plenty of times just to help patrons who come into the library. It's a really good one. I like mm -hmm. it. Um, one that I just heard about um, is called BookFlix. And this is a good resource to use with the younger kids in grades three through fifth. Um, I love that it can be accessed in English and Spanish. And it pairs classic storybooks with related nonfiction titles. That way to reinforce um reading skills and help develop essential real world knowledge using animation, audio, interactive games, basically what the kids want nowadays. <laughs> and this is another resource that has those uh, reading levels included, basically what the adults and teachers want. Oh, nice. I have another thing for parents and educators, perhaps. Niche Academy has a number of tutorials on a lot of topics, including a tutorial on how to use BookFlix. Honey, and how about that? <laughs> uh, it also has tutorials on a lot of the other sources that we've mentioned, as well as subjects like using our digital catalog in general or how to conduct a genealogy search for the first time. So I really like Niche Academy for a number of reasons, and I wanted to make sure that that got a mention as well. Um, so all of these resources are and more are available through our website. And like Bridget mentioned earlier, it's at www.librarysit.org. Just make sure you have your library card handy in case it prompts you to log in. And you can use that digital card like I mentioned or a full service card. If you are using the library Wi-Fi, so if you're in the library building on your own device, I don't think you even have to log in for most of them. In case you haven't gotten a card with us, that might be good to know. Um, but I also think it's important to know why these resources are so important to us. Why do these resources work so well? Yeah, that's a good question, Bridget. Um, you know, why would I rather use these than something like Google? Because, of course, I thought Google knew everything. 
Right. And I think my biggest problem with Google is that it, it knows too much. It knows too much about me every time I <laughs> yeah. Um, it knows way too much about the Hamilton show when I don't want that. I want to know about him <laughs> anyway. Um, but I think part of it is that uh, Google doesn't always get you the most reliable resources. It gets you the most popular resources, which can be really helpful sometimes, but they might not always be the ones you actually need. That's true. You know, I know when it comes to researching, it's important to be able to find just valuable and reliable resources that's going to help with meeting your needs, whatever those may be. Um, of course, we all know that the internet is very popular, you know, for doing research. Um, but I want to mention a search engine for students and it's called Sweet Search. Now, this search engine, it was created by librarians and educators and researchers. And their goal was just to find the best resources that are age appropriate. And one of the benefits to using this particular search engine is that it weeds out like all of the extra or useless information and it eliminates spam sites. So ultimately you get the best results. And of course, we don't want to forget from credible resources. You know, using the library's resources will definitely help you save a few steps. Anytime you're searching online, just in general, you have to always make sure you're checking and double checking, honestly, even triple checking, just to make sure you have the most accurate, most reliable and most up-to-date information possible. Um, because the library provided resources are coming from academic or professional sources, you can rely on them to be peer reviewed and edited professionally. So you don't have to do that kind of legwork yourself which means you'll have more time to listen to that Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, when I look at different sources I find online, I like to ask myself just a series of questions to see if it's a good source to use. Like I might ask myself, you know, how did I find this source? And like you said, if you use Google, that's very different from using EBSCO host. So I might also ask, you know, what type of source is this, for example, is it a primary source like a first-hand historical account of an event or might it be better to use a secondary source like a painting that depicts the same historical event uh, another question you could ask yourself uh, what about the author who is the author do they have qualifications that are relevant to the subject matter you'd be surprised sometimes i can find an article using google or some other search engine and I can't find an author listed at all. And that bothers me because I really can't answer this question then. Right. That's a good point. That's why you have to wonder, when was this information published? If there isn't a date on it, it could be difficult or even impossible to tell whether or not the information is up to date or just out of date. You could also consider the reputation of the source's publisher and where that publisher may be located. So you could ask yourself, for example, does this source have a cultural or a political bias? Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you what, I want to ask you all, have you ever used the crap test? Oh, I love <laughs> the crap test. Testing whether something is crap, my favorite. <laughs> uh, I think it's another way to evaluate sources, but you use a much catchier acronym. Yep, that's it. You're looking for currency, relevance, authority, accuracy, and purpose. Right. So if you start with C for currency, it means to check whether it's up to date. What about relevance? Well, relevance has to do with whether or not the source is a good fit for your search. So if you're asking a very specific research question, you probably need to search really well to find the right sources. Mm -hmm. So then the authority has to do with the author, the publisher. 
whether they're qualified, and whether they have a trustworthy reputation. Yeah, and then accuracy, which has to do with whether the source is biased or whether it interprets its own sources correctly. And one easy way to evaluate accuracy is to see whether the source is full of errors. Okay, so are you telling me that all these memes I see on Facebook can't be trusted? In <laughs> Ghostbusters, they say never cross the streams. So when researching, let's say, never trust the memes. I'm sorry, well, I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> well, you know, Bridget, that ties into the last letter of the crap test, which is P for purpose. So was the source written to entertain or provoke a reaction like fear? Or was it made to sell a product? Is it fact, is it opinion? So the intent of the source should be clear and not all intentions are good for research. All right, I think that's a lot of good information, but I do think we forgot to emphasize one last thing. Really? I thought we were pretty thorough. What did we forget? I want to make it clear. You guys would agree that no matter what you're researching or where you are in your research process, whether you're an educator, a parent, a student, or none of the above, you can always call the library for help. Oh, definitely. We love to see your faces and we're happy to help you research. A lot of people don't know, but you can actually book a librarian. Yep, it sounds exactly like what it is. We'll set up a date and time to get together and we'll help you out. But even if you don't need that one-on-one -on -one service, teachers and parents love to take advantage of our book bundles. Just give us a topic, age range, and the type of materials you're looking for, and then we'll hit the shelves and pull them for you. This is really great for parents with those little ones on their heels who don't have a ton of time to search for every single age-appropriate book on apples or dinosaurs. Is your daughter really into apples or dinosaurs right now, Hanin? Yeah, the first lesson in our curriculum is apples. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, I want to make sure I get this message out to educators. There will be an NEOEA virtual conference for professional development for teachers and educators scheduled for Friday, October 9th. We are hosting a half day workshop and you can register for that workshop by emailing Cindy Beach. Her email address is C for Cindy, B as in boy, E as in echo, A for apple, C for Cindy again, and H as in hotel at libraryvisit.org. So C beach at librayvisit.org to register for our NEOEA virtual conference. Yeah, and I also want to mention, um, to not forget to check out our website for our virtual programming schedule. Um, on the schedule, I'll just mention a few. We have Storytime. We have Storytime Live that's three times a week. Uh, you can watch a library and do a Storytime on Facebook. We also have Storyline, where parents and kids can call in to listen to a new story every week. First Chapters is another um, program that we have, and that's where teens can call in monthly and listen to the first chapter of a book, and there's also a craft to go along with that story. Uh, we have Teen Reads Live, and that's where teens read a chapter from a YA book. And we also have Book Banter, and that's where librarians discuss a YA fiction book. So remember, you can visit our website, you can call the library or send an email. We're always here for you. And I hope that the information that's been provided will help you with your school needs this year. So have a safe and productive school year. And thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. 
and make sure to visit our website at www.librayvisit.org where you can always find more great things the library offers. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, please tell a friend. Also, check our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook at Library Mahoning County, or you can find us on Twitter or YouTube at PLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.